Welcome to the Mortcast, presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Before I get started on today's Mortcast, I would like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee, in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Uh, I like red wine, as everyone what everyone who's listened to this podcast for the last you know year and a half knows. Um, Blanchard does not compensate me for this, other than the fact that I just enjoyed going in there, and I will I will cape for them as much as possible. They are um, one of my favorite places to go in Denver when we were still able to go places, and uh, they were you know they're special. They make their own wines. There's a, some vineyards in Sonoma County, California, where they get these grapes, and they make their own wine. Um, they are one of the best uh, in Denver as far as atmosphere. Uh, the, the dairy block is gorgeous. Um, you know, in this time of social distancing, you could sit outside and uh, be at a socially distanced table um, while it lasts. Um, and they really take care to make sure you're safe. Also, you could uh, do a virtual wine tasting. You go to bfwdenver.com and to partake in some of that wine. They've got Cabernet, they got which is my favorite, the 2017 Cabernet is pretty amazing. Um, they've got uh, Rieslings. They have got um, which is a, actually a partnership with a, with a Western Slope Winery. Um, they also have. Uh, Pinot, which is their specialty, uh, you know, a Merlot, some whites. Uh, it's just basically the whole thing. Uh, they also have charcuterie, anything you want to eat, you know, pair with your wine. It's fantastic. Uh, once again, they're at bfwdenver.com to virtual book your virtual wine tasting, which goes really fast. Get, get in on that fast. Um, they also have... Um, uh, go to, excuse me, I'm scatterbrained today. Go to bfwdenver.com. Uh, go to uh, Blanchard Family Wines on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Once again, they are located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. When you go in, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you in there. I'd like to tell you about my friend Andy Feinstein before I get started. Uh, please support our friends at Exo Event Center, located in Denver's vibrant Rhino Arts District. Exo Event Center can host safe socially distanced events for 25 to up to 175 persons outdoors and up to 100 persons indoors. If you are interested in hosting an event for a corporate gathering, fundraiser, client appreciation, birthday or anniversary party, or a morale-boosting happy hour, which, let's face it, we all need right now, Exo would welcome, the part, welcome to be a part of it. Uh, please visit extoevents.com for more information and book your private event today. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me in the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I am, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Um, not much in the news other than the uh, um, Daryl Morey. Um, Daryl Morey decided to part ways with the Houston Rockets this week. Uh, a lot of eulogies have been written. A lot of, a lot of postmortems have been done. Uh, Zach Lowe even did a, an emergency podcast um, to talk about the departure of Daryl Morey. In, in a lot, in a large sense, it's deserved. In another sense, it's not. Um, for someone who hasn't won any championships, uh, there is a lot of, there is a lot of uh, praise. 
like I said, some of it is very deserving, some of it is not. And I'll go into that a little bit. Um, the Houston Rockets uh, are an interesting case in not tanking. Um, all the talent they have acquired since 2007 has basically been the uh, approach of reshaping your roster without tanking. Um, to a large extent, the Nuggets followed that my mindset, you know, don't don't subvert your entire roster for many years. The Sam Hinkie model, who, by the way, is a protege of uh, Daryl Morey, uh, don't tank for many years in order to uh, get acquire the talent you feel you need. Uh, the Morey approach was reshape your roster without tanking, and really, it's a philosophy. Um, you're not going to find a tremendous amount of people in the NBA who were willing to go do that, particularly over the course of what is a 14 seasons. Maury managed to do all of this without, you know, he managed to do all of it without being a guy who's like, well, you know what, we're going to be really awful for a year. That never happened. I think the least they, games they won was kind of like the Nuggets. It's like 30 to 36, right around there. It is, you know, it is what it is. Brought in several quote coaches, had Kevin McHale there for about four years, then had Mike D'Antoni there for about four years, I think, four or five years. It is a, it is, it is a, an example of a philosophy that quote unquote worked, but in reality, in reality, Daryl Morey and his legacy is entirely tied to his uh, ability to, in 2012, to get James Harden. Period. End of sentence. Everything, Daryl Mooring, his philosophy, all of that, that, it's a house of cards it's a, it's, it, that falls apart if James Harden doesn't come in in 2012. It was a... Now, to give Daryl Morey supreme credit here, right? Morey... Uh, kind of saw the Harden thing and was gambling on his superstar potential. Um, people don't have some, you know, don't get it twisted. Don't, don't, don't have revisionist history. Harden wasn't there yet in 2012. Um, there's a reason the Oklahoma City Thunder were only going to pay him somewhere in the neighborhood of $56 million over four years. Uh, maybe $54 million. Or was it 52? Whatever. It was in the 50s. They were, um, I mean, in hindsight, you could say they were totally underpaying him. And in the fact, they were. Um, they were trying to do the whole team discount thing, and we refused to trade to uh, Amnesty Kendrick per Perkins kind of you know mindset. What they should have done, uh, obviously, is just Amnesty Perkins, and then paid, uh, paid him, and just go, go into the tax for one year. This is what they should have done. Uh, they didn't do it. And then, of course, about three years later, the cap explodes and <laughs> things changed. Um, we are, what we see now with the Oklahoma City Thunder is how it fundamentally shaped their history and, in reality, created the legend of Daryl Morey. Morey already had a cult of personality following him. Um, 
it, it, there was more outsized than he deserved, particularly in 2012. Um, those Houston teams weren't spectacular. Um, they were just mediocre, just kind of biding their time, accumulating assets in order for them to make a move. Now, <laughs> you could look back at that trade and think, okay, well, the sum in total that Oklahoma City got was the draft of Steven Adams. Because Kevin Martin certainly wasn't going to be a guy that uh, was going to carry help them carry the team. Obviously, Westbrook and Durant were still there. They got to the Western Conference Finals again uh, twice. Uh, so it you know certainly didn't quote harm them, but it did lower their ceiling. And Daryl Morey deserves a tremendous amount of credit of seeing that. Really, Daryl Morey's. And I've said it again, his legacy is James Harden, period. And you have to give him a tremendous amount of credit for this because it is hard to trade for a superstar before he becomes a superstar, right? Um, people point to the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar trade in uh, 1975. Um, that was, Jabbar was well, clearly one of the best player in the NBA, in 1975, a there is no doubt about that. Um, those Bucks teams routinely won 60 games. They were always in contention every single year. They won a title in 1971 and were in the finals uh, another two times. That that uh, that Bucks team was good, and it was because of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Obviously, that was a different era. Centers were more the focus of things, blah, blah, blah. But what you've seen since then is like there's been this equation that uh, every trade, quote, for a superstar is like that sort of thing. I mean, look at the Knicks with Carmelo. Carmelo wasn't a superstar, and they backed a dump truck full of money up there. Um, the, the Harden trade was the year later. And Harden was, everyone knew was good, really, really, really good. But I don't know, can't recall a single person thinking that Harden was going to be, at that point, a superstar. Because all he had done is play on the bench. Maury's ability to see that and pounce at the right time, sense the discord of uh, Sam Presti's negotiation with um, James Harden, which was didn't go well at all, and since that discord and pounce with um, the quote unquote sufficient amount of assets in order to trade Harden, trade for Harden, uh, was a tribute to Daryl Morey um, having the balls to do that. And it was certainly, certainly one of the defining trades of the modern era. No doubt about that. Absolutely, um, without a doubt, the maybe the defining trade of the modern era. Uh, and that is a tribute, complete tribute to Daryl Morey. Um, additionally, his uh, reliance on analytics and his foresight on the threes, because let's face it, the NBA right now is reliant completely on what, not completely, but it, it, it is almost entirely dependent on 
Maury's ability to see where the rules in the NBA had gone and how he can exaggerate them. Uh, I, there's a reason I did a podcast, um, the very first Know Your History back in uh, January of 2020, yeah, just like 10, 10 months ago, about how Shaquille O'Neal changed the rules and how Harden is a perfect example of where those rules are. There's a lot of that's Daryl Morey seeing that, okay, the NBA has moved the who uh, moved people out. It has become a perimeter game. They wanted to have exaggerated spacing. We need someone who, we need a system that relies completely on threes and getting to the rim. Right? That's it. That is uh, another Mori foresight. It's another Mori um, tribute, I guess. Because it is a, uh, it is something that you, he needs to get credit for, for better or worse. He needs to get credit for um, thinking about because the first. And then they had their G League teams shoot nothing but threes and get layups. And that is where it started. And then it kind of, in about 2000, 2012 when they got hardened, and it kind of ruled from there. Coming up after the break, I am going to talk to you about why Maury's legacy is exaggerated and maybe not as good as everyone thinks it is. So, uh, the NFL is finally, finally, but specifically for the Broncos, ready to play again. And uh, I would like to tell us, in that spirit, tell you about DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Week 5 football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for Week 6. There's no better place to get in all the action than DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of Week (coughs) 6, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, Head on over to the App Store now, because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings is giving all new users a chance to receive a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. On top of that great sign-up offer, DraftKings offers great odds boosts every Sunday to help you make it rain. Don't worry if football isn't for you. DraftKings is giving you uh, basketball fans a 200% profit boost on any basketball market once you sign up. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you sign up and get up to $1,000. That's code MHS to get the sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonus comprised of first deposit bonus and first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. You know, the legacy of Daryl Morey is really caught up in uh, what I would call the myth of Daryl Morey. And I think people don't understand that Maury's Maury's accomplishments being tied largely to his acquisition of one player are exaggerated. Um, 
there is a cult of personality that really started with Daryl Morey long before the, Har- the Harden trade that has followed him to a huge extent. Um, it's a myth that he didn't create, but he gladly accepted. And that myth was that he's the smartest man in the room. Um, the reality of the situation is for a guy who never won a championship, his cult of personality far exceeded his accomplishments. While giving him credit for the Harden trade and acquiring James Harden and understanding that he needed a superstar like that, um, the Houston Rockets losing twice in the Western Conference Finals is... What what is this? You know, there's people who are going to go well out of their way to compliment uh, Maury on his um, it, it, his 2018 team that uh, uh, kind of imploded in the uh, in the Western Conference Finals. The whole, uh, and and you know some of it was Chris Paul got injured. Um, You know, that is that is something that's accepted. But this team also went 0 for 20, it went through an 0 for 27 stretch shooting threes in, I believe it was game seven that year. It was a flaw that I think that people were aware of, he was definitely aware of, that I think wasn't solved by the microball um decision this year where they traded Capella um Capella was the only was the really if you're, you know, talk to people the Denver Nuggets people about the Rockets it was Capella and and Harden that they that they worried about it wasn't Russ Rook wasn't PJ Tucker wasn't Eric Gordon it was it was those two um the decision to trade Clint Capella um was maybe hindered them a bit? I don't know. Um, there are people who say Capello wasn't good other than in certain situations. I get it. I, I completely get it. But I can just tell you from the Nuggets' perspective, those were the two that they genuinely uh, feared on that roster. But even going before that, Chris Paul, Harden being unable to get along with Chris Paul, the kind of the ridiculous kind of, I would say, narrative that developed that they, this team, if they didn't have, if they, if they had Chris Paul, they would have won a championship. Uh, I don't think, I don't know if you can extrapolate that that far because they did have a series or game in a series where they went over twenty-seven. It is hard to give people credit beyond where they did. I, th- I, I think Daryl Morey um, deserves all the credit in the world for not tanking and pouncing when he thought there was a potential superstar available. That is his legacy. That is his legacy. But everything else beyond that has been extremely exaggerated. It is a 
But you could say that about a lot of a lot of things. I'm I and Denver Stiffs in two thousand thirteen, I think. Man, it's a long time ago. Uh I wrote about the superstar GM and how the Sam Prestes and Daryl Morey's of the world um were becoming the star and not the player. And that didn't last very long, I'll be quite honest with you. That People quickly realize that you you know you can't have superstar GMs. It's it's not a it's not a thing that, that is a. But one of the Maury's legacies, which will I think for me hinder his hinder his uh, legacy in a way that I don't think people are initially thinking about, and it's his treating players like commodities, treating them like pieces of paper. Um. Particularly in the case of Jeremy Lin, uh, he all the stuff that went on with. I mean, we think about we think about the Rockets post initial Harden trade. Um, their obsession to get another star culminated in the heavily courting Carmelo Anthony in 2014. Um, to the kind of the detriment to Jeremy Lin, who was there. Now, Jeremy Lin wasn't, had his flash in the pan, and he didn't uh, in, in with the Knicks in 2011, or 12, excuse me. Um, he, they had that. You know, he had his moment, but uh, Jeremy Lin proved that he was just a, a uh, below-average NBA player, largely outside of his, his legendary spurt, right? And, but the way Maury, when he got to the Rock, when Lynn got to the Rockets, the way Maury kind of treated him was like, you're nothing but a piece of paper to me. And I think that kind of hurt, there was a legacy in the NBA about commodities, about treating treating these guys like they are um, assets to be traded, that really started with Daryl Maury. Um, and I think one of the reasons the Nuggets has spent so much time trying to be so loyal is to provide a better way and to say that we're not going to sign you to just to trade you. And I think Maury's legacy is tied up to the kind of the callous callousness with which he proceeded with trading players. Um, and I think the constant asset accrual and constant trading he was trying to do, uh, it wears on people. It wears people out. It wears players out. Uh, makes them feel less than valued. And you really need to value these players. Moore's legacy is tied up in a fantastic trade and not tanking. But also the downside of this was the asset accrual and treating players like, quote, assets and commodities rather than human beings. And that, I believe, will be his complicated legacy. You know, they never won a championship, they, but they were a highly successful team that never tanked. You can't say one without the other, Daryl Morey. They both come hand in hand. And I think wherever he goes in the future, whichever next job he has, they're going to have to understand that this is part of his legacy. And I have no doubt he will get another job. I have no doubt. It'll be soon, too. But we'll see where. 
We'll see where. All right. Well, thank you for joining me on the Mortcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'll be back for another Mortcast next Sunday, unless there's breaking news, which then, of course, I will record one then. But uh, up till then, enjoy Gen X music show and Gen X movie show. I am enjoy- enjoying the hell out of those. My last Gen X movie show uh, is actually my next Gen X, Gen X music show. Music show. Uh, my last Gen X music show. There we go. I can spread it out. Was on Thursday. Is one of my favorite ones. It was uh, songs that could be just as good sh- uh, as a short story. Uh, it was a, get some really good music recommendations in there. And in uh, the next Gen X movie show, which is posting on Tuesday, I talked to my friend Nate Timmons about the movie Creep Show. I hope you all stick around for that. Thank you all for joining me on the latest Morecast. I'll be talking to you next week. Goodbye.